Cuckoo. Welcome to Europhile. My name is Kate Walker. And I'm Catherine Rory. And this week is so special because <laughs> I have my friend Jennifer Catrona coming on. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Welcome. We're so excited for you to come on. So Jen and I know each other because we actually have a mutual friend who I studied abroad with. And then Jen and I happened to go to art school at SCAD together, you know. Yes. Are we Pinkies using that degree? Art school. In, yeah. <laughs> um, but we had a great time and we basically just hung out by ourselves for two years and it was great. <laughs> We watched a lot of Grand Hotel, which is, uh, you know, basically a Spanish telenovela. <laughs> One of the best shows in the world, in my opinion. Jen? Yes, I agree. That? Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so good. Kat, you need to watch it. It is Yes. So yeah, I know. Good. Okay. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. And now with like it being cold and you just want to be inside, it's mm-hmm. it's perfect. It's like perfect it's beautiful and sane and it's so fun to beautiful binge people. and uh, yes. Ugh. Young. Give it to me. Romance, right? It's kind of steamy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm. Delicious. Yeah. Suspense, romance. It has it all. Oh. I will say it does have Jane Austen sexual tension. Oh, mm. There's nothing better. And actual sex. (laughs) Great. It shows, gives us what Jane Austen never could. There there is some sexy ten, which is really great. And some fighting, which is also kind of (laughs) nice. But yeah, it's so good. And so basically that's how I know Jen. And so Jen, do you want to tell us your background? Tell us how you know what you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Kate said, I went to SCAD at the same time she was there. I was in a master's program for architectural history Mm -hmm. um, while I was there. And for undergrad, I studied. I even took an architectural history class because of you. As an elective. Yeah, you did. Ooh, I, w- yeah. I was fucking I was like, terrible gotta at take it. Em. No, I was terrible <laughs> at it because I'm bad at researching. At least for a Europhile, it's like I have notes and I can look at it. But like yeah. in that class, it was it was interesting but terrifying. But I did like that okay. teacher. What was yeah. what was that class that I took? It was vernacular architecture. You took yeah, you took international vernacular architecture, which was really interesting. Yeah. So okay. I did yeah. you know classic Europhile. <laughs> I talked about those stone houses in Puglia in Italy. Oh, yeah. Okay. And cool. how they're like ancient and how they like function and whatever. Maybe maybe I'll mm-hmm. do repeat of <laughs> reprise. That. Maybe one day. Probably not. Yeah. But you know, I did that. Sorry to cut you off. Please continue. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fine. Well, yeah. like spoiler alert, the topic I'm talking about was actually a research paper I wrote mm-hmm. when I was at SCAD. So Oh good. <laughs> yeah. So we're recycling Great. this. Um so you know it well. I do. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I studied um, art history and religion in undergrad. And so I've always been really interested in like how religion is expressed through art and architecture and like how those things intersect and Mm -hmm. what it means culturally. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be discussing today as well. So I can dive right in if we want. Yeah, please. Great. So we are going to Toledo, Spain. Mm-hmm. Ole. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so I know that we've done 
a couple, you guys have done a couple, not weeks. I'm a guest. Uh, you all have <laughs> just yes. inserting myself here into this. You guys have done a couple episodes on Spain, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be talking about something a little different um, that you guys haven't discussed yet. So hopefully Perfect. it'll be interesting for your listeners. Mm-hmm. So Um, As I said, like, I really like how architecture and religion come together. And so what I'm going to be talking about is Judaism, Islam, and Christianity in Toledo in medieval Spain. Oh, great. (laughs) So I hope that people's eyes didn't just roll into the back of the idea of the topic. I hope it's interesting um, Mm -hmm. to everyone. It's... um, probably not as sexy as some of the other topics you guys have talked about, but I think it's important and I think it's interesting. So that's why I wanted to share it with you guys. I'm and, excited. you know, hopefully, yeah, um, we're hopefully here everyone else likes it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the point in history that I'm really trying to get to and what I want to discuss mm-hmm. is actually the year 1357. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, mm-hmm. I want to do background so that way we can understand like how Jews, Christians, and Muslims all came to be on the Iberian Peninsula together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So before we get to 1357, we're going to back it all the way up <laughs> to 711. Okay. Um, yeah, I know we're getting really specific here. I'm sorry. I can't help it. No, I have all my not, records. Not specific. It's just a no. long time ago. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll see. I, I think it is important to go that far back just to understand what's going on and how we get to, yes. mm-hmm. you know, a Absolutely. couple of centuries later. Mm-hmm. 7-11 marks the Muslim conquest of Spain. Okay. So Mm. prior to that date, we just had the Iberian peoples who were Christian and pagan living Mm. in Iberia. So in 711, the Umayyad dynasty, which was an Arab dynasty, Mm -hmm. they make their way out of the Iberian Peninsula and they come through Northern Africa across the Strait of Gibraltar and then Mm -hmm. north into Spain. Mm At the widest point of their dynasty, they actually essentially had conquered all of the Iberian Peninsula all the way up to the Pyrenees Mountains. Oh. And okay. yeah, I didn't so know very they got far that north. north. Uh-huh. So yeah, so that's something I think a lot of people don't realize, but as we see like throughout history and the architecture, like a lot of art and architecture in northern Spain has less of the like Islamic more, influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And southern Spain is like extremely Moorish. Mm-hmm. And that's because the yeah, yeah. the Moors yeah. occupied the city state of Granada the longest. Mm-hmm. So okay. that influence in southern Spain is just a lot stronger because they were there for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And the Moors did occupy um, some are part of the Iberian Peninsula for the next 800, oh. almost 800 years. Wow. Yeah. I did not so know we're going that. really far back. Yeah. Long. Okay. Yes. Very so, long very long history and that is important to like understand that this is like a multi-century okay occupation or not even occupation because it really becomes the culture there because mm-hmm. it's it's there so long mm-hmm. so a little bit about the umayyad dynasty they're the first caliphate um so that is a semi-religious political system of governance in islam mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. if you ever hear that word that's it's referring right. to okay. like a religious political governance in Muslim culture. So as I said, like it started in the Arabian Peninsula. So it originated in Syria and just expanded Mm. outward. Mm. And for our purposes, we're going to look at, 
you know, their expansion into Spain and Arabs in Iberia, as we previously mentioned, they are commonly referred to as the Moors. Mm -hmm. So another group that is often not talked about when we think about Iberia are the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually had a pretty large population there. Mm -hmm. They were never the majority population, Mm -hmm. but throughout Iberian history, they do play an important role in government and society there. And the Jewish people of Iberia are called the Sephardi people or Sephardic Jews. Oh, Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you've heard that term, it's Mm -hmm. the Sephardic Jews specifically refer to Jews who had inhabited Iberia. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Their history is a little less well documented, Mm -hmm. but some Jewish historians believe that they had settled there as early as the fifth century. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So they would predate, potentially predate any Moors that were there. And then of course, later we'll get into Christian Spain. And I think a lot of us have an idea of Mm -hmm. the term like Catholic Spain or Christian Spain Mm -hmm. when we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, And it's, you know, it's pretty common term and phrase and we know the Spanish crown is really rode hard for the Pope for a long time. (laughs) We'll get a little bit into that as well. So just a little bit more background to help set the stage for what we're talking about. And I'm sorry, I'm just throwing all these facts at you guys. But throw them. Keep doing it. Give it to Mm -hmm. us. But it, it will come together, I promise. <laughs> so, so there's this theory that I'm going to talk about a little bit, and I want, I just want to introduce you guys and the listeners to it, and you can kind of draw your own conclusions mm-hmm. um, about whether or not this is true. But there's this idea that's called la convivencia or mm-hmm. the coexistence. Um, and mm. so some historians of like Spain and Portugal believe that Jews, Muslims, and Christians lived together in relative peace during this time. Mm, oh, what a concept. Mm, I yeah. think the keyword here is relative. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which yeah. is why like I'm going to straddle this line because. Okay, please do. We do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Who can say? <laughs> there's evidence for some cultural interplay. And like I said previously, with 800 years of the Moors being and having most or partial rule of mm-hmm. the Iberian Peninsula, that really became the culture there, mm-hmm. regardless of faith. In that sense, sure. Like, yeah, we had a coexistence, but yeah. they also were mm-hmm. constantly fighting and were having mm-hmm. these conflicts and land grabs. And, yeah. you know, throughout the Middle per- Middle Ages, we had the Crusades. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's yeah. like, oh, that, those were like real wars that happened. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, mm, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. And it happened for a while. Yeah. yeah. It lasted a long time. But this, this idea of la convivencia, it sort of hinges on this idea that according to Islamic law, Jews and Christians are considered people of the book. And so mm. they mm. are able to coexist together. Um, and So like, what does of the book mean? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I can talk about that. So <laughs> sure. This is my religion like, degree like coming into play. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it does. Okay. So, so in biblical tradition, in the book of Genesis, we have the figure Abraham. Okay. And yeah. he... <laughs> <laughs> How annoying. 
annoying do I sound no, right now? I'm so amazing. sorry. It's a lecture. No, it's a lecture. Really no, I know. So, right. So we have the figure Abraham, and Abraham is a figure in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. And so mm-hmm. the where the split is starting with Abraham is that in Genesis, when we read the story of Abraham, uh-huh. he is married to Sarah. Sarah uh-huh. is barren. She cannot have any children. Right. And so she says, yeah. take my maid Hagar and have an heir with him. Uh-huh. And so Ishmael is born of Abraham and Hagar's relations. Uh-huh. And then Sarah's like, Oh, I don't know about that. And mm, she actually ends up having yeah. Isaac. And so we have Ishmael and Hagar being exiled. Uh-huh. So where the split from there is Judaism and Islam. So Islamic tradition then follows Ishmael oh, okay. um, as the true heir of Abraham because he was his firstborn son. But Judaism uh-huh. and subsequently Christianity follow Isaac. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm a bad yeah. Catholic. I mean, I'm not at I don't remember but... any of this. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I went to school up until senior year of high school in the Catholic school, and I don't remember this stuff. I mean, <laughs> I did too, Kat, but I also, <laughs> I think um, this may have been like my college education sure. that gave me that yeah. little <laughs> bit of information. Yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. Thank you. There is at a certain point, like a shared history between these people. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we have 7-Eleven Muslim conquests. We have mm-hmm. the Umayyad dynasty. They are in control of summer majority of the Iberian Peninsula mm-hmm. for the next couple of centuries. And so I'm going to jump ahead to 1085. Okay, great. Got it. <laughs> and this is when we have King Alfonso VI of Leon and Castile, which is um, okay. a province in now like northern Spain. Um, mm-hmm. But at the time, it was basically the northeastern chunk of the Iberian Peninsula okay. that now includes like Spain and Portugal. Okay. So he is able to capture Toledo from the Moors. Mm-hmm. And then after that, over the next four centuries, we have the Crusades. And then we have what's known as the Reconquista. Mm-hmm. And the, the Reconquista is very similar to the Crusades and that like it's dealing with the expulsion of the Moors or Mm non-Christians from Christian lands, but the Reconquista specifically refers to the Iberian Peninsula. Okay. So so this is when we're we're really getting into like this fighting and the overtaking Mm -hmm. of lands and things Mm -hmm. like that. Toledo became a really important city because it would serve off and on as the seat of power for the kingdom of Leon and Castile. Mm -hmm. And it remained, so during the time of the Moors, it was a cultural center and it remained that way um, when Mm -hmm. it was under Christian control as well. So something that's important to remember, right? So we've already had three centuries of Moorish rule. um, And so Mm -hmm. over these three centuries, we had like, a single culture was kind of created out of this. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. when the Christians came into power and this King Alfonso VI, he didn't Mm -hmm. pillage the libraries. In fact, there were Hebrew and Arabic texts that were translated into Castilian and then Mm -hmm. later from Castilian into Latin so that they could then be more widely distributed throughout like Christian regions. Uh So we're seeing these texts and these traditions being preserved, which is really interesting and kind of different than what we would have thought or what we've seen in a lot of different periods in history. Yeah. When you'd think they would just destroy it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like a miracle anything exists. Like easily could have gone down that route. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, like, especially with things like texts and art, those are easy to burn. Yeah. Right. You see that yeah, throughout yeah. history. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, all right, light a bonfire, get rid of mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Architecture is a little bit harder, especially when, when it's so a pretty. lot of buildings are made of stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and just the cost that goes into building right. cities and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so we're really lucky that a lot of this is preserved. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, when the Christians come into power, we're looking mm. at Jews being persecuted. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of forced conversions, mass murder, mm. you know, things like All that. The terrible things. It's yeah. a theme, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, in that sense, you know, this coexistence, I don't think so. But, um, you know, we're also not necessarily like trying to eradicate the past. Mm -hmm. Just people, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So then also at this time, right, we have a lot of Moors living in Iberia. Mm -hmm. And so the term Mudahar is what is used for Moors. And the Uh reason that that term is used is because it loosely translates to domesticated so the idea that like yeah so the idea that these yeah muslims are willing to continue to live there but under christian rule they have been domesticated into christian rule they're not animals i know farm animals it's yeah it's not great at all but this is also the artistic style that comes out of this period. Okay. So we'll, um, mm-hmm. so I won't be calling anyone a mudahar, but when okay. I refer to it, we'll use That's it as an artistic style. Okay. 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 Now we are going to jump ahead to 1357. Okay. And we're actually okay. going to get to the time in the building, right? So we had, so just to a really quick recap. In 711, the Moors come in, they um, assume power and hold it for about three centuries. Then the Christians are take over. They hold power for about three centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we are at the point in history that I really wanted to talk about. So 1357. Mm-hmm. King Pedro the First is now the king of the kingdom of Leon and Castile, mm-hmm. and he is both referred to as King Pedro the Cruel and King oh. Pedro the Just. So oh. um, it's interesting how history can do that to yeah. people. He was considered King Pedro the Cruel because he did order many executions. He engaged Mm. in wars with the Kingdom of Aragon. Mm -hmm. And others called him the Just because they say he he sympathized and had um, some pro-Jewish policies um, Mm. and had Mm. a lot of Jews in his court. There, I guess there are accounts that he actually went as far as executing um, anti-Semitic leaders. So how can you be so extreme on both sides, Pedro? Yeah. So (laughs) he, I'm not going to sympathize with him at all, but I think he's, he was in this delicate position because like what's going on in Iberia at this time is that there's still Moors ruling the Southern part of Mm -hmm. the lands that Christians want to take over, but there is not a centralized Christian power either. Mm, so yeah, they're fighting he's, within he's each fighting other. either fighting yeah. within each other they're trying yeah. to fight the moors mm-hmm. and so he's kind of trying to like toe the line on both sides and, mm-hmm. and figure out how okay. i'm gonna get all of this right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it makes the whole then. thing yeah right you know these rulers they get kind of paranoid so oh, 
<laughs> they do? Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> if you missed all of high school history class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, one figure who um, I want to talk about, I feel like I've just been so elusive about what I'm actually going to talk about. So <laughs> I'm, I'm building at my feet. I'm really building it's the anticipation slow burn, Jen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Just all about medieval Spain, the slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about a Jewish figure, actually. Mm, great. Um, so there was a gentleman at this time named Samuel Halivai Abu Lafia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to refer to him as Samuel okay. because, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're on good terms, okay. me, me and Samuel, yeah, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he, he was... Um, he was a the treasurer and he was an advisor to King Pedro okay. at this time. And the Abu Lafia family was actually a prominent Jewish family that had served the kingdom of Leon and Castile for the last two centuries prior to Samuel mm-hmm. uh, assuming a role. So his family included Kabbalist scholars, advisors, and poets. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, oh, you know. I love that. What a circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he he's from a very very prominent family, like mm-hmm. very you know important to to the kingdom, but you mm-hmm. know also very important to like the Jewish people who were who were living there as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in 1357, Samuel asks King Pedro, "Can I construct a private synagogue for myself and my family as a house of worship?" Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have it connected to my home. It's not going to be public. It's not going to mm-hmm. be communal. And King Pedro says, yeah, go ahead. Go mm-hmm. ahead and do it. So Samuel starts building this synagogue for himself. Of course, as we know, at the time, we're under Christian law. And the Christian law stated that no buildings could exceed Christian religious structures in height. Okay. And I don't know exactly what that height was, but for my research, sure. mm-hmm. uh, it indicates that Samuel, he almost, he went right right below, right? Don't do that. So his synagogue, (laughs) his synagogue stands 39 feet high. Okay. Like numbers are weird and dimensions are weird, but if anyone's interested, so it's, it's 39 feet high. So it it does Uh come under whatever the stipulations were um, at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like 39. That's a weird number. (laughs) Yeah. And it's uh, 76 feet long and 31 feet wide. So I don't think it's like a huge space, but it is a private synagogue. So, so we start building it and um, the, it still stands today, spoiler alert, so you can go <laughs> visit it. But um, so the exterior of the synagogue is constructed of brick and stone, which were the common building materials mm. at this time. Actually, there really is no exterior demarcation or any features that indicate what the building is. Okay, and okay. that's even true today. So like you can literally Google this, this synagogue mm-hmm. and go into Google Maps and do street view and you can look at it and spin around and you really can't tell what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it just looks like all of the other buildings around it. So it's really nondescript. Mm-hmm. Actually, the entrance, because it was private, was connected to um, Samuel's home at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you can't get in it from yeah like you you really can't there are are two entrances because men and women were segregated in worship okay so 
there was an entrance for men that led to like the central nave as Mm -hmm. you know we usually use in as a architectural term for religious buildings and then women had their entrance that led upstairs to a gallery okay Mm -hmm. the interior though is highly ornamented and this is really where i want to talk about right this is this is a jewish synagogue Mm -hmm that was allowed to be created under Christian rule. Mm -hmm. And the artisans and builders were our Moors. Mm, And it is designed in the Mudahar style. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about what the interior looks like. Okay, great. It's highly ornamented. The Mm -hmm. walls have these stucco panels Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the arabesque style. Okay. You know, what does what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so when we I'm think like, about- I'm aware of that as far as like a ballet term. I was literally thinking dance. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, that would not register for me, but you know, this is why we're going to go through all these Great. terms and I'm going to have a whole glossary for you guys. Um, <laughs> so, right. So what does this mean? So maybe we know, maybe we don't know, but in Islamic tradition, having figurative art and architecture and imagery is not a thing right so what do we go to we move toward floral motifs Mm. um, vegetable motifs geometric designs yeah this (laughs) is when we get the lacy buildings and stuff like that yeah yes that's a good term to use lacy buildings i I was like (laughs) i said it first and i'm okay last week i mentioned Uh it and you say it and you know exactly you can picture it and it's yeah. just so gorgeous mm-hmm. like, yeah how do they do it and like lots of shadows well, and light can, and relief and i whatever. can talk to you Great. about how <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we have these intricate motifs and things and so on the interior of the building we have these stucco panels that are in this arabesque style mm-hmm. where it looks like lace and vines mm-hmm. and things like that and how are these created well mm-hmm. there's two ways that they're created that they can be created um they can either be carved or um, made from a mold yeah yeah so in other examples of this we have carved stone Mm -hmm. stucco is the is what's used here in the synagogue and it's carved stucco oh Oh my god which is really interesting how long did that take (laughs) i don't know probably a long time my research indicates that the building was completed in three years so wow it's From not bad nothing was a mold correct yeah oh my god wow <laughs> and they're efficient you know, yeah and thank goodness it wasn't a mold because i stucco molds have their their place but sure you know yeah, hand carved yeah. like nothing's yeah. really the way to go yeah, yeah. and yeah. and the reason why is because you can have these deeper cuts more intricate designs Mm. you can have like more play with light as you mentioned cat like there's just so much more going on so much more dimension so much more interesting worship you would want the most beautiful best yeah like celebration of god or whatever yes yeah 
Absolutely. So yeah, so there are these panels that line pretty much all of the walls of this Mm -hmm. structure. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting and beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I have not gone there and visited it, but I would Mm -hmm. love to. Mm -hmm. And then also located within the walls, we have the super common pointed arches, the Moorish arches that we see throughout Arab architecture as well. These are interesting. They're located higher along the upper gallery um, Mm. and some of them have windows behind them. So we Mm, do have some light coming in through, which is you know, fun and interesting mm-hmm. play on light because set within the windows are these uh, geometric patterns as well. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Beautiful. Really fun, dynamic, interesting. These arches specifically have um, on like the underside of them, it's like a scallop oh, design beautiful. as mm-hmm. well. So like very intricate. We basically mm-hmm. don't have any flat lines, any smooth okay, surfaces. Great. It's all just, wow. Samuel you know, went these carving. Out. Yeah, yeah, he really did. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, really fun and really beautiful. And then in... I will, I will use a cardinal direction in the east wall, <laughs> um, which is important um, because that's going to be the wall that faces the Holy Land, right? Okay. For the Jewish okay. people, it's really that important, right? Okay. So that's where the Ark of the Covenant would have been placed within this niche that's there. Okay. Ooh. And then flanking this central niche mm-hmm. are some Hebrew inscriptions. Um, on one side, it talks about Samuel and his family mm-hmm. and nice. like the Ark wow. of the Covenant mm-hmm. and things like that. And so so he's sort of in a way like elevating his own status by like putting mm. himself yeah. and his family there and like yeah. aligning it with the Ark of the Covenant. But hey, like what historical yeah. figure who's had some it. money hasn't done Do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we won't hold that against him. We love it. <laughs> and on the opposite side is the coat of arms of um, Leon and Castile for mm. Pedro. So he's still saying like plain. I, yeah, yeah. 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 He's like, okay, yes, I'm Jewish. Like, this Mm -hmm. is my synagogue. This is my house of worship. But like, it was made possible by our, our, Christian rule mm-hmm. you know he's he's like I, I want to keep my job you know so we have these panels we have these arches and then also within the walls we have some carved friezes mm-hmm. that are basically ribbons that run um, mm-hmm. around the building on the interior and wow. these display Hebrew quotations Mm -hmm. from the book of Psalms. They're written in Hebrew, but this comes from Moorish tradition because when we look at hmm, Islamic architecture, we also see this same run of friezes, but it has Arab calligraphy and, Mm, you know, verses Mm -hmm. from the Quran Mm -hmm. in there. So they've transposed that with Hebrew verses. Mm -hmm. So not normally a Jewish synagogue feature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So then there is another stucco frieze that's there. There are a couple of these like mm-hmm. ribbons that run um, around the interior with these different verses on them. Mm-hmm. But another place where they're located, we have a different quotation in there. And so in the Islamic tradition, mm-hmm. they have their profession of faith, which is called the Shahada. Mm hmm. The Shahada basically declares that there is no God but Allah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Muhammad is his prophet, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
part of this is actually used in this synagogue. So they, they take the oh. first part of that, which is there is no God, but God, right? Because we're, mm. we're a monotheistic faith. Sure. So there is that shared idea. Um, mm. So they just chopped Tweak off the it. second half of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just left off the Muhammad is his prophet uh-huh. part of that. And so that is also included in this, but they did it in Arabic calligraphy. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. What an interesting choice. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're having these Moorish artists and artisans yeah. come in, yeah, yeah. I guess they sort of had some creative, you like know, liberty or yeah. liberty and yeah. they included that. It's really beautiful and interesting. And it's sort of like located in more of a roundel as opposed to just this like running phrase mm-hmm. okay. that's along there. We, we should post a picture of that, but it's really, right. um, yeah. it's interesting. And I think it really points to probably things that, you know, we've seen in, in Arabic art and architecture before, mm-hmm. but maybe just aren't that familiar with. Okay, right. Yeah, so they've really taken a lot of these ideas mm-hmm. that were just common in architecture. And, and I think that really gets back to this idea that it was a shared culture mm-hmm. because they're able to easily transfer these things that mm-hmm. maybe were thought of as like exclusively um, Islamic. Mm-hmm. And we've made them you know Jewish yeah and then even Christian as well because this same style of architecture is used for the Alcazar in Sevilla yeah which was constructed at least started I don't know the whole history of it but um, at some point Pedro the first during his reign Mm -hmm. oversaw the construction of the Alcazar in Sevilla Mm -hmm. as well and so a lot of these features are also included down there as well and just a fun fact for people (laughs) if you guys are Game of Thrones fans there were some Mm -hmm. scenes the scenes in Dorne were filmed Mm -hmm. at the Alcazar Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So okay. Beautiful. Oh, cool. <laughs> you mm-hmm. haven't tuned out yet, and that piques your interest at least. Um, we can bring it a pop, a pop culture reference in, right? <laughs> this gives me the impression that like the average people got along. You, you know, King says you go to war, you have to go to war. But mm-hmm. like the average everyday people of different faiths appear to be mingling, coexisting together. Yeah. 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 That's what I'd hope for. <laughs> yeah, I think so, right? But like, there's also there's like license. There's a lot of like artistic yeah. license in that. So yeah. like, yeah. I think the only pause that I have is we're looking at such a long period of time. Sure. Yeah. That to like mm-hmm. say, oh, they lived in harmony. I'm like, for how for like centuries? I don't, no one does. Like right. that's yeah. just yeah, yeah. And and I think people can also just take it to the extreme that this was some sort of utopia and obviously that's untrue as yeah. well <laughs> so th- that's why I like I I caveat it with like sure. some things point yes some things point no and sure, we just yeah, take yeah. it uh-huh. for what we want mm-hmm. but okay so the last feature um that I want to talk about as far as like the architecture is um the ceiling mm-hmm. so the ceiling is a tray ceiling so it sort of like pops up Okay. If oh. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's constructed in a style known as artesanato. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a wood ceiling that is made through the joining of small wooden elements. Okay. Um, so it's it's almost like woven. Oh. Oh. Okay. This specific ceiling also has is inlaid with 
pieces of ivory that <gasps> contain passages of the Torah. Wow. Beautiful. So, yeah. So yeah. it's like very, very intricate. Uh-huh. And so now we get to the real downer. Oh, no. So- <laughs> it was coming, was wasn't it? Some- yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It was coming, right? So we have this beautiful synagogue that was created. And, like, yeah. it's an expression of, like, the Jewish faith in mm. Iberia under Christian rule constructed by these Muslims. And it's like, oh, yay, we're all coexisting. Mm-hmm. Well, in 1360, which is... The year that I have that this was actually completed, mm-hmm. Samuel fell out of favor with Pedro, no. and he was tortured and executed. <gasps> oh no! Whoa! Yeah. Oh god! So, like, after I putting sit- his name on the inside of the synagogue, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's unfortunate. Like why. I said, I saw that. So he was the treasurer, and. Uh-huh. I think there was. And the king is this... basically like, why is there no money? For <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I think it's my fault. I went to war. Yeah, and so <laughs> so I think there was just like this idea of embezzlement, and then also oh. I think there was, from what I read, there was this sort of like outside influence where he he was sympathetic to the Jews, or he even like you know employed them and worked with mm. them, and then other Christians that he wanted to. Uh, who ruled other areas and he wanted to like get along with them and have alliances with them. They were obviously anti, not, I shouldn't say obviously, but they were anti-Semitic and he, Uh and they're like, why are you doing this? And so Mm. when push comes to shove and you have to decide where your alliances lie, yeah, um, you know, you. It's not like a really hard quotation mark decision. Right. So yeah so so there's some of that maybe like an idea whether or not it's true of like embezzlement or something as Mm -hmm. like the treasurer just you know anytime you're managing someone else's money just like beware yeah 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 true so later the the synagogue is converted into a church it was named El Transito, which is actually if you if you go if you want to Google this synagogue, you will Google El Transito synagogue, and that will take you to to this building. But the name El Transito actually refers to the Assumption of Mary into heaven. Oh, yeah. So it was given that name when it became a church, um, and it sort of has kept that name even though mm-hmm. it. It was a synagogue. A bell tower was added as well. Um, Mm. So that you can see from like exterior photos or like the street view of it. Mm. And I think even someone who's less familiar with like architecture and changes and things like that, you you can tell that this bell tower was just kind of like plopped up there and it's not (laughs) it's not original (laughs) um yeah the bell tower does still exist later during the napoleonic wars it was used as barracks and then finally (laughs) not a bad place to be yeah, 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 beautiful place. But to be. don't you scuff anything? <laughs> don't you touch anything? That's the thing is like they really didn't like it is largely intact. It's pretty wow. impressive I'm actually. At images. It looks so beautiful. Yeah, so that's really lucky. And actually, during the time that it was a church, as as we know from seeing other you know medieval and Renaissance churches in Europe, mm-hmm. the adding of the sarcophagi is very common. So that was done there. Mm. Um, and when those were removed, a geometric tile floor was revealed. Um, so mm. that was another feature that that was also included. That was again very common um, when mm-hmm. we were looking at Islamic architecture. And so that you know 
they were able to uncover that. And good. And, um, mm-hmm. So that's there. So the building has pretty much been restored and mm-hmm. it now serves as the Sephardic Museum in Toledo. Oh, wow. So it is a museum and you can go visit and you can look at the art and architecture. They have other like artifacts and information about the history um, of Jews in the Iberian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. So really great place to visit if you go to Toledo. Yeah, nice. I have been to Toledo, but I have not seen that mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. building, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate but it is on the list for the next yeah. time you'll be back no so big deal I, yeah i definitely <laughs> will and wear your walking shoes if you go to toledo it okay. is on a hill noted and oh okay <laughs> man just you know stair climber at the gym before you head off to spain and you will be ready to go okay. <laughs> noted yeah so i love that yeah, wow, so that's that everything was I have. So informative. That wow. was amazing. You oh, are a good. wealth of knowledge. Wealth. I know. <laughs> like it is so interesting how the melding of all of these influences, like years later, adding, taking away, like Yeah. Yeah. And you walk down the street and it's just there, you know? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just woven and right then in. Americans are like, yeah. This is so old. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I uh, oh I would love gosh. to get Jen to talk about how much American tourists are the worst. <laughs> oh, let's not go there today. <laughs> Where were we? And someone, oh, it was in Tulum. It yeah, was in Mexico. Yeah, we were in Mexico. Oh. Oh. Uh-huh. What yeah. happened? What did they you say? You can tell the story. Kate. No, I don't so, remember. So we were, we went to Tulum and we went to the Mayan ruins there. Yeah. And, you know, you're oh, walking I around and you're now. visiting yes. it. It's beautiful. It's I'm hot, whatever. And there's this other American, this American family there. Uh-huh. And the little boy's like, this looks like what we saw in Europe. And I was like, oh, like, this is, this is not the right thing to say around Jen, who's like, yeah not the same culture not the same yes. time like what are you talking about yeah, Just yeah. It's like has some moss on it yeah, yeah. Mean, like, i'm like this similar. is a stepped pyramid like <laughs> like show me a stepped pyramid in europe like oh my god no oh she was like <sighs> Like looking yeah, around, my like, head was painful. like exploding. Well, it's just embarrassing too because I think you know we try to be aware of like the stereotypes that exist. We're aware, and yeah, yeah. I just try not to say things when I'm like Unsure. in Europe if I know that I'm going to yeah. sound like a dumb American, you know. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like these people are just yelling it, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, there are so many things that we don't know, obviously. Like, oh, yeah. We go and learn, but like, yeah, of course. Yeah, there are some things where you're just like, it's not quite the same thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's so funny. I wanted to ask you, Jen, if you have a recommendation for us. I do. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm actually going to recommend a novel. Oh, wow. Books, what are those? I only watch TV. No. (laughs) I only watch TV. (laughs) I'm currently listening to it on audiobooks, but I, so I haven't finished it yet, 
but mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Okay. What is this? Mm. It is a like suspense novel in the vein oh. of like Agatha Christie. <gasps> oh, fun. fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, it was on Reese Witherspoon's like book list for 2020. That's not sure. why I'm recommending oh. it. Okay. I'm recommending it <laughs> because it's set on this like remote island off the coast of Ireland. Okay. Oh my God. And so in. me up. Yeah. <laughs> so this like this murder mystery thing, whatever. The actual reason I'm recommending it is because I was listening to it on audiobooks and mm. there so far have been two references to Keening. And oh I was God. like, I know what that is. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow! Because of your your Ireland episode um, yeah. on here, uh-huh. so that was interesting. And yeah, so they they talk about Keening because um, it's this like this tiny little island and it's very windy. And so mm. the way that it's written is like the wind and like the wild animals. It sounds like Keening. That is wow. So, yeah, I just yeah. got chills. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Ooh, so fun. don't actually amazing. know how good the book is, but I liked that, you know, <laughs> it, you. it was a callback to another episode. Yeah. So yeah. that's exciting. Ooh, Thank yeah. you. Oh, I want to read that. I need something All, fun and like juicy to jumpstart my reading again because yeah. I've yeah. fallen off. I'll do a recommendation train. just based on what we talked about is that oh. I recommend Grand Hotel. Okay. (laughs) I was going to recommend that. And then I was like, did they, did she already recommend that? I haven't. (laughs) No. Jan Gonzalez. Oh my God. Should be illegal. (laughs) I know. He is so cute. Yeah. (laughs) It ain't, it ain't right. It ain't right. (laughs) Let me tell you. Okay. And it's, it is that Jane Austen type burn. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. But cannot recommend it more okay so along with all of the other things that we talked about as far as like the influence of islamic uh culture on the iberian peninsula one of the things that they brought was their language um their arabic Mm -hmm. language and so when we look at spanish language and we see words that start with a l Mm -hmm. oftentimes those words are actually derived from arabic words Mm -hmm. so that's just good to know if you're learning spanish or if you know spanish it's sort of like the etymology and linguistics of that that's so interesting yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay so the word that we picked slash jen jen picked it out (laughs) is the word for pillow in spanish and it's almohada so hopefully I don't butcher that but it's like the AL that Jen talked about so interesting and thank god they brought pillows because I love (laughs) who doesn't love a pillow (laughs) (laughs) I I remember learning that in high school Spanish and I was like oh you know thank god they decided to conquer (laughs) (laughs) try to conquer Europe bring us pillows yeah (laughs) wow I did not know that that is really interesting I actually thought like almohada is like a almohada doesn't follow right any construct any any other thing that I know about right my intermediate level Spanish right (laughs) I don't know it sounds different for sure exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're like how did this come to be now we know why amazing (laughs) love it thank you so much for sharing Jen thank you so much Jen thanks Um, for having me this was fun interesting yeah it was great 
And we hope to have you on again in the future because this was so oh, great. Yeah. And uh-huh. you have so much knowledge. Oh, I want to impart to on back. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But thank you again, Jen. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Thank and you. we'll catch you next week. Thanks. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.